the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. I guess it's time for Worldview Media Podcast. Another gloomy day. <laughs> Makes you feel right at home, doesn't it? <laughs> this is the Worldview Media Podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Runyon. This is my wife, Joyce, over here. Hello, over here. And over there is <laughs> Carmen. Hello. And we are here to do a worldview analysis of the hit movie, Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin. It's like the number one at the box office in the UK, did you say? It did well in the UK. Of course, it's probably been out now for how long? About a month? Yeah, Yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) For it to get to our town, it's like late 2017. What? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what year it is Okay Alright so Christopher Robin Is the Oh we should say we haven't This is the first podcast we've done in a couple weeks Yeah I've been really super busy Yeah Joyce does 4-H stuff for her job And county fair and rodeos Are Kind of all around the same time, and it's huge. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time away from home, so. Yeah. I saw her, and she had different colored hair when I saw her, so. Yeah. It was a big surprise. (laughs) (laughs) And so here we are. We're going to talk about Christopher Robin. And in this movie... The actual Christopher Robin from the Winnie the Pooh books. The beloved series of stories. And cartoons. Yeah. The actual Christopher Robin fictional character still. (laughs) But. The real life. (laughs) (laughs) He grows up and gets involved in grown-up things, grown-up life, and suddenly... He gets a visit from Winnie the Pooh, who finds him in London, far away from the Hundred Acre Wood, mm-hmm. and begins to, uh, what, what would you say, rope him into a classic Winnie the Pooh adventure, where they have to find the friends. Well, everybody's lost. It's an expedition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't go on adventures with Winnie the Pooh, it's expeditions. Petition. And so uh, the plot line is intertwined with Christopher Robin having a great deal of trouble at his work and, and home. spilling over to trouble at home. By the time it all culminates, it looks like he's probably just about destroyed his marriage and his relationship with his daughter is really horrible and and what's he gonna do he's gonna lose his job and everything Hmm. pretty bleak 
So, tell me what you thought of this movie, Ma. Hmm. I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. I liked the storyline. I liked the interaction of the of the characters of Pooh and Piglet and Tigger. I, I really was kind of wondering how they were going to bring those characters in. Would, it, would they just be like figments of his imagination? Would they be real? Would they be, you know, what would they be? And I think they, they handled it really well by having the, the stuffed characters there and, and how they interacted, not just with Christopher Robin, but with like everybody. So um, that was kind of fun. And what about you, Carmen? I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, but I did like that it wasn't just, oh, this is these stuffed animals and stuff. I liked that it wasn't just, you know, while he's going and doing all these adult things, we flash back in there, you know, yeah. up in the attic, you know, Toy Story style. Because from what I remember, and someone can fight me on it, but uh, that the Hundred Acre Wood was its own place. And that, you know, mm. when he says that, and it made me really happy because they actually referenced a lot of different Winnie the Pooh things mm -hmm. just in their dialogue between each other that a lot of the original dialogue from the movies and from the books is actually like quoted and used within the movie which was really neat um, but the it's always a sunny day when Christopher Robin comes to play because he, he isn't always there that he does have to come specifically to yeah. see them there so that was kind of nice um, I, I thought it was good I I was expecting something different from what it was. Yeah. Well, it was uh, good. the things to recommend it are that it does seem to try to be pretty faithful to the Winnie the Pooh books mm. and the old things that have been done in that franchise. One of the dangers was that a modern remake was going to really remake things. Yeah. And, a concern. Right. And a lot of the characters mm. were just pretty much what you wanted them to be yeah you know if you grew up being read these stories and stuff like that and so that was good and then you know there's no cussing there's no sex or nudity or violence yeah and so uh i thought all of that was good and so pretty as far as like family viewing i don't think there's anything to object to no I very don't strongly so. Uh, okay. Now, what did you not like about it? Was there anything you didn't like? I don't think there's anything that, you know, is a glaring, ooh, that was terrible. I... Dad does. <laughs> I mildly disagree. I didn't think anything was terrible, but I also didn't think that the conceit of the story was explained in terms of like you mentioned kind of your thought was it could it could go in the direction of Christopher Robin just kind of imagining all these animals mm -hmm. and him being or him being the only one that sees them or mm -hmm. something like that and they turn out to actually be in, in terms of the story they're in real life and mm -hmm they're alive and talking and anybody can hear them and yeah. lots of people do and I kind of freak out about that <laughs> right and that's never really explained we don't understand where any of that comes from or why it works that way and well then, but I think when you're watching a movie you kind of 
you're agreeing to suspend sure but the reality of of you know that's the whole thing with superhero things is this really going to happen anywhere well no it's not but that's why you go to the movies to suspend reality that you know and the drudgery that you know to to go and yeah, but have good, some other I agree with that but good storytelling is going to give you a, a boost along the way like a good storytelling will kind of acknowledge that we're telling a fanciful tale here mm-hmm. and as part of that acknowledgement and holding up our end of the bargain we're going to do our best to explain why you're seeing these things the way you're seeing them and giving you a reason to kind of hang your hat on. Well, but I think if you look at the Winnie the Pooh stories and the, the little movies that they've done previously, they're they're real in those situations. They talk, they do all of these things. They're not a little stuffed animal that he's dragging along and talking for. I mean, he's having conversations back and forth with them. And so I think it really kind of carries over to this that these are real and he interacts with them how did they get real well how did they do that in the movies before i'm not sure they did i think so i think well (laughs) apart from that on that note i'm really not i don't need a whole bunch of like background exposition for things you know if you're gonna say this is how it is i'm like okay that's how it is in this movie we're just gonna deal with it but um i think part of the reason that that's never explained really is that if you look like at Pooh and Tigger and Piglet and all these guys, that they're mm-hmm. very simple. Mm-hmm. You know, that they don't sit and think about, mm-hmm. you know, what happens tomorrow? Where did I come from? You know, they don't have the big existential questions about life that they just that are. people do. They just are. That this is and how they okay are. <laughs> this is how things were yesterday. Today's today. It might not be the same as yesterday, but if it's not, then that'll be okay. You know, and they're very simple about it. The only one that really has any sort of it's always Christopher Robin that comes in and brings some new idea to them. And, you know, and you see it in all the different stories is that Christopher mm. Robin comes in, gives them, like, some little thing about, like, I'm going to school or something like that. And they don't know what school is. And then Christopher Robin doesn't come back. And school is obviously something terrible because... It's taking him away. It's taking him away. Christopher Robin's gone. <clears throat> you know, so if Christopher Robin never bothers to explain to these guys, hey, this is how this works, you know, then they're going to come up with their own sort of concept of what it is so and i mean christopher robin obviously you know he's a kid he's not going to spend time thinking about how all of this works so i mean i get it i get why that's frustrating to be like well how do you how does this work why is the door here and not here and you know all of this so that is frustrating but i think within the context of the people that would know that it's these very simple characters that really i don't think they care yeah you know and Christopher Robin, who, you know, I would say he maybe doesn't care as much either. Or when he when it started, he didn't care as much. And now that he's older, it's like, oh, this is just how it is, you know? Because when, when Pooh shows up in the park and he's like, this isn't where the door is. The door's back here. You know, doesn't even think about it, doesn't question it. It's just, well, this is the wrong door. How did you get here, you know? Yeah. So. Well, I understand as a storytelling device that in any story the magic has to work the way it does because that's what the story demands and so you need some kind of magic to get the to get the Pooh characters to Christopher Robin in London and it, and it has to happen but you know if you've done a lot of reading and fantasy stories and stories where there's magic or really super high tech stuff 
they they do generally set down rules for, for here's how this works. <laughs> like magic in Harry Potter works differently than magic in Narnia or but, or in Middle Earth or something well, like that. Well, I just think it's pretty consistent with what we've seen previously with him interacting with these. And Is it just not explained because it's all kind of childlike? That's what I would say. I mean, it's not it's not Harry Potter. It's not narnia or anything like that this is it's winnie the pooh it's winnie the pooh you know that i think honestly i think if they had sat down and be like oh pooh this doesn't work and you know then they start talking about well the magic isn't supposed to be blah 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 blah. there's no way that conversation could take place between christopher robin and pooh you know for christopher robin to talk about impossibilities like he tries he tries to talk to pooh about this is impossible for you to be here and pooh's just like but I am, so. Am, so what? Yeah. So uh, I guess it's not. You know that it's. You know, <laughs> it's hard having an argument well, with Pooh. Yeah, and I like I say I think it's consistent with what the interactions we've seen with him, and those animals, and other things. That the setting has changed, is the setting has changed, but the interactions are the right. same. Right. Okay, so I'm getting that y'all like this movie a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe a little more than you. I don't know. We'll have to get to the next section and see what you think about that. Right. Y'all have anything else to say in terms of general stuff? Oh, I did think in terms of just production quality. Mm. There was never a time when I thought the animation of the characters was off at all i thought that was really super smooth yeah i agree all the way through well and all the sets and the hundred acre wood and being back in london and the back and forth and it was just all really well done yeah i think for the cinematography of it i was really uh i i like the casting for this movie i really like ewan mcgregor a lot Mm -hmm. i think he's a lot better than what he's able to do most of the time and i think he did a really good job in this and personally having grown up with Winnie the Pooh and stuff like that um I was super super happy for it to be Jim Cummings that got to be both Tigger (laughs) and Pooh because those are the voices you know that I was I was a little sad that uh you know rabbit wasn't wasn't the rabbit that I knew you know piglet wasn't the piglet but I was super super happy to hear to hear them to hear Winnie the Pooh that was that was huge and to hear Tigger yeah. So to have that was was great. And not everybody would pick up on that continuity. So mm-hmm. yeah. that this just some like I said with having Jim Cummings voice the characters and having the quotes and stuff yeah. uh, where he's talking about well if I live to be a hundred how how old will I be you know you'll be yeah. ninety nine like that's that stuff they say. Yeah. And there's a part I can't remember the exact line but he's talking to Piglet and he's saying something about uh. Like, I'll watch, well, I'll just have to watch you or something like that. And I'll be like, oh, okay, you know. And that's enough for Piglet. Like, a lot of the lines in there were like that. And that made yeah. me, just just made me really happy. Because I was like, oh, they, that's they a remembered. thing. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> this, is, this is a thing that they, they've said that to each other before. So I was, I was really happy. I guess I can relate to that. Because before the whole uh, Marvel takeover of cinema as we know it hmm. there were several marvel movies that were terrible and a few dc movies that were also horrible hmm. and i felt like consistently 
one of the things that contributed to the bad superhero movies that came before was that it seemed to me the movie makers were determined to kind of improve on the comics and then along comes Iron Man and the first Captain America and the first Avengers and I felt like maybe I had that same moment you did when there were just little things that happened that assured me as a viewer who loves the characters assured me they're not going to mess with this they it's like we they know like what this, this stuff yeah. they're fans and they're not going to mess this up just for the sake of changing it mm-hmm. I like that they didn't modernize it that they try that they didn't try and move it into like way forward you know it wasn't yeah. a reboot it, it wasn't. was yeah you're right that was that was very uh, <laughs> yeah. I that think that's uh, smart I really think that's smart if you're going to go back and redo this it almost is always better to be faithful to the original and stuff like that it seems to me when they put me in charge of movies that will be <laughs> one no, of the no, rules because then you'll have to explain everything yeah. why this works like this and then you'll ruin the movie we'll have a five minute scene of exposition anytime someone comes in careful with that science gun that does this based on these principles so you're saying if I use it in this function then it'll happen like this Yes, except for in a certain way, which will come up later as a plot point. <laughs> well, okay. That, that would make it easier on me. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, uh, there you go. All right, it's time for us to take a break. While the commercial's on, I can slap you guys around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. And we're back on the Worldview Media Podcast, the most frivolous podcast on the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network. Um, Very little brains, but a lot of heart. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yes. A podcast of very little brain. Uh, we found our lane. Yay! Bouncy, trouncy, fun, 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 fun. <laughs> Extra fun. And uh, we're the only one. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh is our movie. We didn't even know it. <laughs> All right. 
well, now that we're settled on that, <laughs> it's time for us to talk a more worldview sorts of issues. So what do you got? Well, I'm interested if somebody else has something. <laughs> I do. What do you see the theme being, or were there a particular set of ethics displayed, or what was valued versus what was not valued? Uh, Those sorts of questions. So I was talking, I'm not sure if it goes in this section, but I'm going to say it before I forget. Uh, I was talking to mom yesterday, we were talking about it, and um, one of the things that really kind of hit me with this movie, and I've seen movies like this before, mm. where it's like, ah, member of a family is too consumed with work, disconnected from home, hates his job, everything's terrible. I know someone like that. Someone like that, you know, <laughs> all this thing. And you see it. It's, it's a common sort of thing yeah. that you see in movies. Wait, you're not talking about me. I don't... <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. I don't neglect my family. Please, you in the comments, <laughs> choose which Runyon has been described. Oh, now, <laughs> This is a setup. Okay, so anyways, it's a thing you've seen before. Yeah. And um, mm. honestly, in most of the other movies I've watched, I've been like, okay, that's, that's who this guy is. That's fine. I yeah. understand. Um, but something about this one, and I don't know if it was just because it was Christopher Robin, but uh, something about this one hit me a little bit more, and it was um, multiple times that it kind of hit me. Um, so I've been looking at uh, Ecclesiastes, and, you know, that's all about work, and it's all about purpose and stuff like that. And um, it kind of came to mind when Christopher and his wife, uh, Evelyn, were mm. talking and he was talking about, she's all, you know, you hate your job, but why don't you just, you, why? You hate your job. Why? Why are you Basically, staying here to work when you, you know, hate what you do? If you hate being there, why do you stay there? If you say you love us so much, then why, why aren't you here sort of thing? Yeah. And, uh, which, who also asks him later? But, um, <laughs> and he says, I have to do this now so that in the future we can have a better life. And she says, what are you talking about a better life in the future? This is your life right now. You have yeah. You're missing it and stuff like that. And like I said, um, I've heard that before in other movies, and I don't know if it's just because of what I've been looking at or, yeah. you know, but it kind of hit me that um, what the... And I think in the movie, the thing that I like that kind of hurt me more was that I think you could see in Christopher Robin's eyes that he knows yeah. that this isn't right and he doesn't want to be there. But that he was... Jeez, uh, um, I'm forgot it um <laughs> you know it's your life you don't get another one and so in ecclesiastes it says you know that you you're built to work basically that humans are made to work you're made to be active and doing things and that's the purpose that you've been given by god but in the process of having that purpose you're also supposed to get some joy out of it and you're supposed to enjoy your work and that's supposed to be a glory to God because what you're doing mm -hmm. has been given to you by God and, you know, the whole uh, do everything as unto God. But it's not just that, I, like, oh, I, I hate doing this, but God says I have to enjoy it, so I have to smile, you know, and not yeah. complain about it. But that you should le legitimately get, you know, a sense of completion and a sense of purpose out of your work. And that I think, you know, that his wife was able to look at him and say, you're not getting any of this. You're not right? getting anything out of this. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not getting anything out of this. And for him to be able to say, yes, I know. And that that kind of hit me. And then um, where he's talking to Pooh on the train and Pooh's asking him. Uh, so in context, Pooh 
has him buy him a balloon. He's so polite, too. He says, please, many times, and says, thank you. But uh, who has him buy a balloon because he says it'll make him happy. Mm-hmm. And so then the balloon gets lost, and it's stuck outside the train. It's fine. They get the balloon back. Um, but so he's talking to Christopher Robin. He says, well, what about this, uh, your briefcase sort of thing? Mm-hmm. And he's all, uh, do you carry that with you everywhere? And he's all, yes. And it's very important I have to have it. And he's all, does that make you happy? And he says... Uh, no. <laughs> no. He's all, would a, wouldn't a balloon make you more happy? And he's all, no. And he's all, so it's not like a balloon. And he says, no, it's not like a balloon. It doesn't make me happy. And so then Pooh says, so it's more like a blanket. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's a rough kind of, of <clears throat> quote of the scene. But um, to put it, to me at least, you know, because Pooh is a very small, very childish sort of mm-hmm. being, um, for for a little person, for a kid, a blanket is a is a security item. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. And he just didn't feel the freedom to set like that the, aside. Yeah, because yeah. that's where all his important stuff was. Well, I think it's really amazing that you said you were relating this to what you'd just been reading in Ecclesiastes, and and just ending yesterday. Uh, I've been reading Ecclesiastes too. We didn't we didn't <laughs> coordinate that or anything, but that was in my daily reading too. And I did see. Here's my issue. I went into this movie thinking that the main theme was going to be much like in the movie Hook with Robin Williams, and that Robin's character is actually Peter Pan, mm-hmm. and. All he has to do is remember who he really is, and and he has to come back to the childlike, or childish way of living life and mm. stuff like that, and and uh, not care about the future and just live in the moment and that sort of thing. And I really believed that was probably going to be the direction the movie took, but I kind of felt the same way you just articulated that there's some. <clears throat> there's some Ecclesiastes kind of wisdom that's being uh, that's being sent off the screen there, just in terms of it is a gift not just to be able to have the stuff and go to work and get the stuff, but there's a few times in Ecclesiastes where it says this is the highest and best thing a man can do is just eat and drink and enjoy the life that he lives under the sun and and. Uh, I really kind of thought that was the mm-hmm. maybe the theme of the movie. It wasn't become yeah. a child, but it was mm-hmm. get your priorities straight. And I kind of related it to Sabbath laws as well. That mm-hmm. Sabbath was made for men and not men for the Sabbath. So although we're not slaves to Sabbath uh, rules and stuff like that, still the wisdom of God tells us you can't just blast through life 24-7 doing these things and yeah. think that nothing's going to break. And yeah, well, and they they don't tell him to stay at any point, you know, that who and the buddies and stuff like that. They don't say, oh, well, you just have to stay here and play with us forever, you know, that they, they pack up his bag so that he can go back to work, mm-hmm. you know. So I thought, I thought that was neat. Um, uh, there's something else, but I have to find it first to make okay. sure I get it right. So you Did were you? talking kind of like Sabbath stuff, and I, I saw in that 
if you pull out more, that there's a difference between the the covenants that uh-huh, the one was right. based on works and you could never get it done. Right. No matter how hard you worked. Oh, right. Uh-huh. And had to cut this and do that and be at work all the time and still never right. accomplish anything. And then in having that childlike quality about him and going back, it kind of changed his perspective and he was really able to be more um, more about grace and more about, you know, I don't have to accomplish all these things because we can do this another way and there's got to be another way to get to the end instead of me having to work at this all the time and never getting right. anywhere. Kill myself yeah. slowly getting these things so, done. And then, you know, to to have faith like a child you're trusting and you're believing without right. you know where's the proof where's the numbers show me all this stuff uh, yeah and so i saw a lot of those things in in the story that there was um a lot just about how we tend to try to work things to death and do it in our own power and do it in our own resources and really yeah. miss out on on a lot right there were a couple of things that I thought, a couple of repeated themes that I thought could be taken in a bad way. Uh, you mentioned that you mentioned that there was something in Christopher Robin kind of uh, rediscovering kind of a childlike way of viewing the world, and I was afraid that the movie was going to exalt childishness. Yeah and not childlikeness and for me those are worlds apart yeah you know and i didn't see it exalting childishness but there was a place where it said or there were a couple of places where it talked about well the constant theme was nothing comes from nothing and if you if you want something you're gonna have to put something into it and all that yeah now those were all those are all real things those are real and good you know those are those are tautologies they're absolutely true but there were a couple of times when characters like Pooh would say stuff like well sometimes nothing is the best something you can do and now you can't take that as your life verse or something (laughs) like that you know and that would be horrific Mm -hmm. if you really tried to live your life that way Mm -hmm. but I think contextually what he's trying to I think what was being said there is you you're going to kill yourself trying to control everything and at some point you got to just take your hands off and and trust that mm-hmm. things are going to work out. Now, in the movie there's no reason to trust that things would work out, but as Christians we have even more reason. Yeah. To just be able at times to pull back and live in a Sabbath Mm-hmm. rest and trust in God and uh, so my Christian worldview could take that saying and okay I see, I see what you're saying there that's not the way I would say it but I mm-hmm. I see what you're trying to say there yeah and and there were times I feel like the movie veered toward exalting uh, a very present focused attitude and I don't believe that's what we're called to I believe we're called to a future orientation but like Carmen was talking Ecclesiastes is telling us that 
you you do glorify God by enjoying the day that he has given you. And Jesus said not to worry about the future because that day will take care of itself or there's enough today enough worries for (laughs) that day day. right (laughs) and so there there is a juxtaposition of those two things and they're they're not in conflict because we don't say them with regard to the same thing we are supposed to be people who are thankful in everything and that Mm. that demands that we're paying attention to everything and not just staring at the horizon focusing on what may come in the future on the other hand what do we do well we should be those who are planning for the future and working toward what we believe god has called us to well and then in the movie too i think christopher robin just admits you know i was lost oh yeah because he 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 was he didn't know what he was doing anymore he was just tangled up in his whole adulting thing well he was tangled up in all the immediacy of everything that needed to be Urgency. done. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is important. I must do this right now and re- disregard everything else because right. this is what... Yeah. So, you know, who was really lost? Was it the... Was his, his friends in the Hundred Acre Wood or was it him? Yeah, but there were some other really good and simple things. Is this is this important to you? Yes. Well, why, why do you never have it with you? And, yeah. Uh, is your daughter important? Yes. Why? Why do you not keep her in your yeah. bag yeah. that carries important things? And then you know, if she's more thing. important than the bag, then why do you always have the bag and not her? <laughs> right. Yeah. Really simple, but good lessons. That sort of. Thing. That's the way of poo. Yeah. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be hard. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, doesn't have to be. It's better complex. if it's not. But you know, I really feel like within. This is just personal for me as I look at stuff going on on Facebook and and particularly with regard to Christian Reconstruction and the things going on there. I kind of feel like maybe this is, maybe Christian Reconstructionists need to go see Christopher Robin, you know, and and take some hints, take some (laughs) Ecclesiastes type hints because it's very easy, and I see it all the time. My friends and and I, I try on purpose not to get that involved with all the controversies and stuff like that. I just uh, I'm too old, <laughs> but uh, but I see people getting spun up on a regular basis about this and that, and and sometimes I I would just like to be able to communicate to them that. Uh, yeah, all this stuff is important, but you're still taking it too seriously. And, and it might be good to pull back just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Add another one. So, this could also be referred to Christians, the Winnie the Pooh bag logic. We're going to call it that. <laughs> but, you know, if someone wants to say that they're a Christian, then you have to look at their bag and see what it is. <laughs> that is, is What's in their important bag? Yeah, what, what is their important bag? Like, is it you know, if it's between God and your important bag, then which do you have with you? Right. Because right. that, what's your blanket? Because if your blanket is this worldly thing, you know, then there's... Where's your security and where's your, your Where's your security and comfort from, yeah. coming from? Yeah. And I'm not saying we stop fighting or we stop strategizing or battling, but I am saying we start Sabbathing once in a while. You know, you do... 
there does need to be a time when you pull back and rest a little bit and, and just enjoy the blessings that God really has given you. And there's nothing wrong with that. You are not, you are not uh, shirking your responsibilities by keeping your priorities straight and, and paying attention to things that are really important and, and living in the moment. There's nothing, there's nothing unfaithful about that. Well, you keep, you keep looking forward, you keep striving for dominion and all that, but you, you can't let, you can't let your striving be the thing that dominates. And the other thing, the William the Pooh characters is, uh, that yes, they're all very like, oh, it's a good day and stuff like that. But anytime one of them decides, hey, we need to do this thing, they're like, okay, and then that's what they go and do. You know that there's no hesitation about that. That Pooh says, you know who would be good at finding everybody? Christopher Robin. I better go find him. And he goes. You know, yeah, doesn't stop right. to think about it. Doesn't think, oh man, it's been so long since I've seen Christopher Robin. Will he remember me? Just goes. Right. You right. know, when they say, oh, we need to take Christopher Robin his papers. They just Let's go. Do it. You know? Pack it up. Yeah. I guess we're going to London then. Yep, we're just yeah. going to go. All right. You know? That is kind of funny. The, <laughs> I think that could be abused as well yeah. in terms of not counting the cost and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but it was a good... I think in terms of it just being a reminder for those who are maybe a little too stressed out, it's a good thing. Oh, talking about stress. So there's a thing that you'll <laughs> see... Um, about the Winnie the Pooh characters um, that they all represent some type, different type of like mental disorder or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, that, you know, you're supposed to be, you know, depression sure. and that um, Tigger's supposed to be like ADD and like over-energized and stuff like that kind of mania. <laughs> and then uh, Piglet is supposed to be uh, anxiety. Hmm. And then rabbits like OCD and stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's something you see. It's not something that was in like intentionally put into the books or anything like that. But people will have drawn those. You know yeah, how people are. They'll place it on it. Yeah. So I thought it was um, it was really interesting that you know after he's had this big argument with Pooh and stuff like that, and he gets caught by the heffalump in his dream, which is supposed to be something that takes away all of his. Uh, all of you know all your happiness and stuff like yeah. that that the that the person that he finds after that it's not poo again that it's eeyore you know and then he has to carry eeyore around with him for a little bit and then he finds piglet and then and he's after coming that, to the waterfall and he's yeah. gonna jump in and save him you know and then <laughs> and then he's he's like oh no i have to save you i have to save you and then he jumps in and stuff and he's like oh this is this is silly what was i worried about you know so that I, I just thought that was kind of interesting you know that things can be so terrible and so you know, even if Christopher Robin hadn't been there to save Eeyore, Eeyore would have been fine. But Eeyore's like, no, this is it. This is it. This is the end. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> you know, so that sometimes it does seem, you know, like things are terrible and there's no point and oh, I might as well not try because I'm going to lose anyway, you know. Right. But to to have that, mm. um, that is really not as bad as your eoriness may think it is <laughs> and it's maybe not as scary as your piglitiness might think it is as well well and i think looking at it you know god is sovereign and so he's he's got it under control even though you feel like you don't mm -hmm. and that's really the better person to have it in control yeah 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 there was another point that i thought was kind of a twist in terms of being different than what we normally see because 
part of the story was all set up to be about evil corporations and stuff like that and just did it for you know they don't care about anybody and it stuff was the like woozle that. of management is what it was right and so <laughs> and so that was a, an obvious setup but so then the solution to the problem turns out to be you know what maybe more appeal to the free market is the way to fix our issues here in this corporation maybe what we should do is make a product that more people will like to purchase how about we do that you know maybe that would be the solution and and the fact that evil corporation guys said hey that sounds like a good idea <laughs> let's uh let's make something everybody wants <laughs> and uh and boom <laughs> and uh yeah so for me, I thought that, that was interesting because the solution to the corporate problem was no sort of collectivism or socialism or any kind of any kind of anything. It was just we need to understand the free market better. And, yeah. You know, and for me, I'm sitting there watching that and going, "Hold on a second. This what came just out of happened? Hollywood. This was what just happened. Really did like this movie. This was like there's a lot of good stuff in it." I enjoyed it a lot. I was like, I was kind of watching the whole screen the whole time while they were up there moving. I was like, I don't understand. It was a little, <laughs> it was, it was a little uh, uncanny, mm. that uncanny valley thing for me that they were, they were too much like stuffed animals, but not quite stuffed animals. And I was like, uh, <laughs> what's going on here? I'm a little shook, but I, I really did like it a lot. All right. Anything else or are we done? Well, you liked it better than you thought you were going to like it. Oh, yeah. I did like it better than I thought. I thought I was going to hate it. He was hoping to go to sleep during the movie. I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out good. <laughs> it was totally watchable. I thought it was funny where he's running through and he's like, there's no such thing as woozles. There's no such thing as woozles. Scrum man running through a forest <laughs> like bro if you really believe that you'd stop running <laughs> right. Right. no such thing as heffalumps ah! <laughs> yeah right alright sounds like we're done well then even with that falling into a pit no, and then the water time. coming up and coming out of the water from the pit I don't know there's some imagery there yeah. oh boy alright all right. Go watch the movie. You might like it. Yep. It's been officially recommended by, by Gordon. By Gordon. <laughs> no. You did. You said. Oh, I did be... say that. <laughs> <laughs> There's that very little brain thing again. <laughs> hey. Recommended for Christian Reconstructionists by a podcast of dubious taste. Uh, frivolous. Frivolous taste. <coughs> Small of brain. Small of brain. Big of heart. Bouncy, trouncy. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. All right, so that's us for the week. Go out there and dominionize. Take over what God has given you to take over. That's going to mean tearing down the idols. It's going to mean rebuilding from the ground up according to the word of God. And by golly, it's going to mean taking time to rest and enjoy the blessings that God has given you. It'd be sad if we didn't do that, right? Yeah.
It's, Maybe have a beer too. It's our confidence. <laughs> it's our confidence in victory. It's our confidence that we will win. That should allow us to have a once glass in a while, <laughs> once in a while, have a glass of wine and just kick back and enjoy being with your family. Enjoy the food and the drink and thank God for what He's giving you. That's right. All right. God bless y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs>